Namaste to all of you. I'm glad to be here with you tonight as the beginning of the new year. This is the first satsang for 2022. And precisely because of that, I decided to not approach one of the very specific themes that we approach in our satsangs. But I decided to make a general speech, a general presentation about the year 2022, about the year 2021, about our prospects in the context of the prospects of the whole humanity, who we are, what are our intentions, what we are doing. So, I'm going to speak freely. I did not prepare a list of topics to speak. I'm going to speak all freely, um, more like musing, more like thinking with loud voice, going through many ideas, hopefully in a logical order, starting from the simple things, like why we are here, what do we do, and focusing towards the end of this speech on the concrete things, on what is truly happening these days, what do the yogis wish to do, what does it mean to be a yogi in 2022, is it something which you want to be, is it something which people who don't know Agama very well would like to do, would like to try? Is it completely out of our time? Are we just a team of freaks who are out of our time, out of our century, trying to live some other ideal from a time which has passed long time ago? Or is yoga perennial? Spiritual development is eternal. And therefore, how does it manifest in 2022, given the conditions in the world, in Thailand, in Agama itself? So, as those of you who have been in Agama for a while know, for sure, and as people who do not know Agama well might not know, we do call ourselves a yoga school, but in this century, this has become a very slippery name because yoga has become a selfish, materialistic, stretching, fitness. And if we are a yoga school, people think that we teach that. Just the other day, I was watching with a friend a series on internet and there, one of the negative characters, a lawyer from California, who eventually got killed because he was an asshole, like everybody watching that series is happy when that guy gets killed because he is a total jerk. And uh, he comes in some scene and says, oh, I just finished doing my yoga. That's where we come to. Yoga is something done by selfish California lawyers or God knows what other... American uh, self-centered, ego-centered individuals that you wish they were better dead than alive. No? And then, like, what's the big deal about yoga? Yoga today, in the minds of the people, 
is not what it used to be a hundred years ago when there was a more scholarly understanding, when there was a more educated understanding. And so, yes, we in Agama, we are a school of yoga, but we are a school of the other yoga. There is yoga, and then there is the other yoga, the authentic yoga, the real yoga, the original yoga. And we call ourselves the school of yoga and tantra, that's another very slippery name, we call ourselves the school of death in the old meaning of the word. We could call ourselves almost a school of personal development or of self-improvement. That's another slippery word because many people understand that developing some egoistic characteristics like having more self-confidence, kicking ass, being, you know, that, that is self-development, that's personal improvement. And um, while it is important that people have a balanced ego, in the meaning that there are so many ego conflicts and personality disorders in psychiatry, and of course the ego should be healthy, nevertheless, it had never been the intention of yoga of the real yoga, of developing that personality too much, because that becomes another side of hell as well. So really we are not a yoga school, we are not a school of personal development, then what on earth are we? No, we can say we are a school of spiritual evolution. It's on the motto of Agama, choose evolution. And people who have done our metaphysical workshop, they understand very clearly what it means. For outsiders, choose evolution is a little bit of a mysterious motto, because it's like we talk about Darwinism. Stop being a monkey and turn into a human being. That's what evolution is for materialistic people. That apes have turned into human beings a million years ago, or God knows when they think that happened. So, <clears throat> all these definitions, the people who are in Agama already, for a while, they know what Agama is, and they know why they are into Agama, and what we do here, and they know that this satisfies a fundamental need of the human being, that the human soul evolves that we reincarnate from life to life and for thousands of lifetimes we go forward until we reach to the level of Buddhahood and that's the Hindu-Buddhistic understanding of the concept of evolution of the soul and that this evolution of the soul can be partly done deliberately and therefore we can accelerate it. We can evolve naturally, slowly, very slowly, too slowly, and we can evolve by putting a chili in our spiritual asses and kind of accelerating, like going faster, doing a lot of meditation and other such things. And in this context, 
the fact that we use the physical body and we evolve by doing so and so, that's just anecdotal and incidental because it's a peculiarity of the Indian method. That Indian spiritualists, a few thousand years ago, they found out that if you use your body, you can accelerate your evolution even more. And therefore, it's a philosophy associated with gymnastics. The purpose of these gymnastics, not being fitness and stretching, which are perfectly okay by themselves, but the purpose, the true purpose of these, being the development of the spirit, the awakening of the spirit. So we are a school in which we follow the sacred goal of evolving, 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 growing up, growing up, growing up. More knowledge, more knowledge, more knowledge. More wisdom, more wisdom, more wisdom. More mind, more mind, more vast mind. More love, more love, more love. And we know that there are different sub-paths, subdivisions of the spiritual method. And that's what we do. Incidentally, in this method that we have inherited from our gurus in the past, there is a lot of physical activity. We do the Hatha Yoga. We even have the heritage of the sexual yoga. So we are active not only in terms of Hatha Yoga, but in terms of the sexual union as well. And in our spiritual method, there exist a lot of collaterals. Like Agama is famous for some people because people suffering from severe illnesses or severe problems of their physical body, they manage to improve their condition or to heal, to alleviate their pain. Therefore, there is a division, there is a distinction in Agama where people are interested in the method of Agama not so much for accelerating their evolution, that's a sort of a very vague, foggy concept up there in the clouds, but there are people who are interested in the method of Agama simply to live long, to live healthy, to live good, and they know that Agama, if you practice your yoga according to the proper knowledge (laughs) every day, more or less, you can go there. There are people who want, as you know very well, to use yoga just to alleviate the daily life. We're not talking about the fact that our food and daily life contains 80,000 different chemicals, which a hundred years ago did not exist on this planet, all of it synthesized by the huge chemical industry of today, and which have some of them very damaging effects. We are not talking about the 5G and the electromagnetic pollution. We are not talking about the addiction to the internet and the fact that people have to go to rehabilitation centers because they, are, they can't live without their smartphones or computers or other such things. Uh, therefore, there are people who want to use yoga simply to fix their daily lives. Daily life has a lot of challenges. I'm not saying that daily daily life 
did not have challenges at the times where the Mongols invaded Europe or at the time when Europe was suffering under the Great Plague. There have been always difficult times in history. Now we don't have a problem with the Mongols riding to the gates of Vienna, but we have other problems caused by whatever other modern problems, computers, smartphones, uh, radiation, chemicals, and a million other challenges that we have. So for some people, the daily life is painful. It was Buddha who observed this 25 centuries ago by saying it seems like the essence of daily life is pain. Like when you look around in the end of the road of everybody, you see pain, 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 pain. No, like what the heck is happening here? And there are people for whom yoga, the wisdom of yoga, the method of yoga, the psychosomatic, spiritual methods of yoga, they are simply good for alleviating the pressures in the daily life. Like at least you can live a peaceful daily life, at least a more peaceful, a more wholesome daily life. There are also people who are interested in yoga for the fact that yoga is bordering the realm of the mysterious and of the paranormal. Just two days ago, we were talking in a Q&A about Shambhala. Now, how mysterious is that? How, how close is it to our reality? No? And still, nobody can put the finger on it. Nobody, it's like, it is there and it isn't there. And it is so tantalizing, so teasing, so relevant in some ways. And there are people who are interested in yoga precisely because of the paranormal, of the parallel realities, universes, planes, paranormal capacities like clairvoyance, astral projection, and a thousand other things which are out there. And that's also a legitimate concern. And of course... As I said from the very beginning, there is the key concern that some people are simply concerned with their soul, with the fate of their soul. What will happen to me when I die? Where do I come from? Where am I going to? Can I make a difference? Like if I stand on my head 10 minutes every day, will I get a better death than if I wouldn't be standing on my head 10 minutes every day? What is, therefore, the fate of my soul and what can I do about it? So, in all these concerns, the people who have been with Agama for a while, they know that's what we do. We are very practical. I remember reading the yoga journal some 30 years ago, and there was an American teacher who was advertising among the tens of yoga courses advertised in a cosmopolitan magazine like Yoga Journal and in a wild progressive country like United States, no, there was a guy who said no nonsense yoga courses because he meant in implication that there are a lot of nonsense yoga courses out there which teach a lot of nonsense. Either it's just materialistic bullshit about how to align your joints and to stretch your elbow, or it's some psycho poo of a doubtful quality, 
or it is some pseudo-spirituality of the New Age type in which people claim that they do yoga and then they have telepathic contact with some spaceships belonging to some alien civilizations which talk to them about cattle mutilation or abductions or God knows. Well, you know, like you can go, when you go in this environment of the new age and the so-called alternative and spiritual things, really 90% of what you encounter is baloney and it's mad. And it's, on, it's not only bordering to mental insanity, it's actually well across the border of mental insanity. And that's why uh, everybody who knows Agama knows that one of the characteristics is that we don't talk bullshit. We do talk about interesting, thrilling things to the level of the research, mystery, known truths. But Agama is not a nonsense type of yoga school. We don't teach nonsense. We don't like the nonsense things that I have got a tachyonic belt or I put tachyonic soles on my shoes. And also it's just an example of this so-called tachyonic technology, which uh, is, scientifically speaking, it's nonsense completely. And uh, I'm telling you all these things because automatically Agama is gathering a certain type of people. It's not the only the fact that we are gathering here a community of people who are interested sincerely in evolution, self-development, growing up spiritually, getting closer and closer to the state of nirvana and other such things. And of course, meanwhile, cultivating health and purification and a good balanced daily life looking into morality and ethics, and a thousand other things which come with the things which I have said before. But, at the same time, of course, not everybody who is interested in spirituality comes to me, comes to Agama. There are many people interested in authentic spirituality who right now, they are in a Zen monastery somewhere in Japan. And they are practicing Zazen 12 hours per day, or God knows what the timetable of their monastery is. There are today people present in some Christian Orthodox monastery in Greece's Mount Athos, and there they do Christian the prayer of the heart or whatever they do, 12 hours per day, or God knows what their daily program is. Therefore, not everybody who is interested in this big issue of spiritual development is here with me and Agama. Spiritual interest is one filter, but of course there are other filters which work. Like there are, for example, people who would prefer the devotion of Rumi, the Sufi Islamic devotional method. Or there are people in this world who would prefer to develop themselves by using the methods of Kabbalah, of the Jewish Kabbalah. Or other, there are other gates, other portals through which people go into their spiritual development. So Agama is gathering only certain people. Certain people who, first of all, can tolerate me, 
Because if you cannot tolerate me and every time you come to a yoga course and see my face on the video or wherever you see it, and you come to a satsang and you say that irritating orange guy appeared again and pissed us off and he had a big head and he was talking badly about other people and so on, then you won't stay in this school. You will be here for a week or two and you'll say, fuck them, I prefer to go to Japan in a Zen monastery. That's my type of environment. That's fine. That's how it has been always in this world, that people have to select their teachers, their school, their method, and the people who are here, they love yoga, they love Hatha yoga, they love Raja yoga, they love Laya yoga, they love Chakra yoga, Tantric yoga with energy. People who are here, many of them are sexually active and therefore they love the erotic tantra, the sexual tantra, and they say, I wouldn't like to do spiritual development in a Zen monastery from Japan, because there they don't allow you to have sex. You have to be, and I would like to do my spiritual development together with some sexual activity. Where in this world I can find an institution which allows me that? Definitely not a Christian monastery, definitely not a Zen monastery, definitely not this and that. Agama is one of those places. So therefore, I'm telling you clearly, as most of you know, that people are attracted here because of the mystery and the precision and the no-nonsense of us teaching yoga crystal clear, but also people are uh, attracted because they are attracted to yoga. There are people who would like to know God, and they might even have the superstition that yoga belongs to the devil. There are people, I know people, who think that yoga is a devilish trick to trick people away from praying to Jesus' heart, to Jesus Christ, in a Christian monastery. And therefore, uh, such people would never come to Agama except to criticize it except to spy a little bit, and then to say, I've been to a yoga school in 2022, and it was bad like this, and it was bad like that, and it was terrible like that. Sure, those people came to just find justification why they don't want to do yoga, and why they don't want to do tantra, and why they don't want to do work on their chakras, and whatever else we do here. Therefore, we are perfectly agreeing with this principle that only people resonating with the teachers, with the energy, with the place, with the method, with the technology, and if they are spiritually interested at all, they will come to a place like Agama. And we have here a community. This community is doing its spiritual evolution Due to the recent conditions in the last two, three years, much of our community is overseas and they are connected with us via internet because for one reason or another it's difficult for them to travel. And thus, in a place like Agama and around a place like Agama, there exists a community of people who apply its methods and they experience the fact that the methodology works and it gives results to them. Moreover, there are many other events. It's, it would be 
uh, ignoring the elephant in the room to not mention the fact that some three years ago Agama was subjected to a notorious scandal in which a lot of lies and misinformation have been propagated, which started from the fact that Agama is one of the probably ten yoga schools in the world which teaches actively the sexual tantra in its authentic form, that means in a very powerful format, and that gave to some people who were hating Agama and different members of the Agama community, it gave them the opportunity to unleash a whole wall of lies and misinformation and other such things. Of course, people who have any intelligence, they will see that nothing has been proven true and the whole thing has just been fireworks but with no substance to anything. No, because no, nothing has been materialized as a fact. Have just been rumors, words, accusations, lies, lies, lies. And for us who are into yoga, it's very surprising to see that lies are catching better than the truth. There are many people who are willing to believe those lies without verifying a thing. They would say, look, if this scandal was three years ago and there has been no legal consequences of any kind, maybe there is also the alternative that it's simply not true, that it was a lie from the very beginning. No? But, no, people prefer to shrug their shoulders and say, ah, there is no smoke without fire, there must have been something somewhere, what? What? No? It's that, that's just unclear, very fuzzy excuses. Anyway, with all these things, we, in Agama, have been going through 2020 and 21, where the circulation of people has been impeded seriously. The gathering of the people has been impaired seriously. Much of the teaching of Agama has gone online, as this satsang itself is being broadcasted online, and probably there are three times more people watching it online compared to the people which are, who are physically here in the hall. And, uh, you know, we as yogis, we survive. We survive with little, we survive with much. When there is much work to do, much karma yoga, we do much karma yoga. When there is less karma yoga to do, we do less karma yoga. We, our purpose is simply to make it available. Exactly as Jesus told to his disciples, freely you receive this info from me, now freely go and give it to the rest of the world. In the same way, we in yoga, we feel often that if we discovered some amazing technology, an amazing thing called yoga and tantra, tantric yoga if you prefer, then we would like to shout it from the rooftops and we'd like to have the whole world hear that it exists. If you don't like it, you don't like it, but at least don't say that you never heard about it. There was a madman up on a roof which was cockle doing like a rooster and saying, tantric yoga, ta 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 You know, like, okay, you heard about it and you are not interested. That's very nice. You have made your choice knowing what you are choosing. And so, we continued through these years and recently we crossed the borderline 
2022. Now when we look back at what happened, of course for us, it is really important to look at the things from a spiritual standpoint first of all, because the core of yoga is a spiritual core. For many people from yoga, these two last years have been a blessing. Because there has been less social activity, less socializing, people have been more or less forced to stay away, and then people have done their job to put bread and butter on the table, and besides that, people have focused on their spiritual practice. I think many people started meditation, yoga, and other similar methods in the last two years, simply because of the frustration of what was happening out there. Maybe some people started yoga just as a method to reinforce their immune system because they honestly felt threatened that what if there actually is a terrible virus out there and uh, the medical methods are very, very poor, they don't have much efficiency, and there, how can I develop my natural immunity, my resistance, and all the other things. So, from a spiritual standpoint, I would believe when I look at what I have heard from so many people in these last two years, I think it has been positive. The frustration, the fact that the world has been stopped from celebrating too much, you know, and going crazy, and whatever people do when they go crazy, then perhaps that had a beneficial influence on some people who simply said, how do I live my life? What do I do? What if these pandemic or restrictions or whatever it is out there, what if they continue for another 10 years? What will I do? Already two years has passed, another 10 years will go. What? Then many people said, you know, it's better I meditate. It's better I study the yoga of Patanjali. It's better I go in the footsteps of Ramakrishna or of Milarepa. You know, at least then I don't depend too much on the madness out there. So, from a spiritual standpoint, it has been okay, with the exception of the fact that for the people who took some of the treatments which are today being rolled out, there are very many doubts what is happening to them. I would not want to go too much into the details of it because I don't want to start conspiracy theories. The subject is still very hot. And I can tell you only this. In 10 years, we will know what the truth was. It is possible that in 10 years it will be way too late way, way too late for many people who will learn that truth the hard way. But I don't want to be a prophet of doom. I don't want to make, uh, again, conspiracy, medical conspiracy theories and so on. Everybody is free to use their intuition, to use their common sense, and to make choices. No? If it's your body... In the end, it's your choice what you choose to do with your body, with your health. There are people in the world who say, if indeed there is a totally new virus out there, 
which scientifically has not been demonstrated. This virus has not been isolated in the three years which passed. Not isolated. Please verify me on this. The structure of this virus, the so-called DNA strings and so on, they are made on computer. They are imagined on computer. Nobody had the virus in front of them and counting the molecules from it. This has not happened because it takes extremely long time in the virus research to reach this kind of results. We're not going there, but whatever virus is out there, the family of coronaviruses counts apparently until now tens of mutations, starting with the early bird flu virus and swine flu virus and others. And therefore, whichever of them is out there, Many people say, I would like to take it deliberately, fight hard, risk death, and then when I'm done, I will have my natural immunity. It's my choice. I want to get it this way. Other people say, man, are you crazy? Do you realize that there is a chance that you will die? Some people say, I don't care. I am a hero and I want to do it this way. Other people say, I'm not a hero, and if you have a pill or an injection or something which is supposed to heal me, I will take that. Fine. It's again, people are free to choose whatever method they want to choose to deal with their own body. Unfortunately, we see that we have a resurgence of fascism in the society, because when the well, the mob, when the many, the democracy, when the majority is ruling over one person and is telling you, if you want to live in my country, <clears throat> then you have to pay 25% VAT tax on anything you buy. Then it's like, this is democracy. 51% of the people decided that the VAT tax in this country is going to be 25%. If you want to pay 7%, become a citizen of Thailand. Move to another country. It's as simple, if you can. It's as simple as that. So that can be accepted as democracy, although it's an unpleasant imposition of many people who decide for you, although you may have a different opinion. But when 51% of the people, they say, you are dangerous, you are HIV positive, you have to wear a yellow Jewish star on your chest so that everybody should see that you are HIV positive and the danger for the society. Then that is not democracy anymore. That has crossed the red line and in all the political science of this planet it is called fascism. This is what Mussolini did in Italy. This is what Hitler did in Germany. This is the very definition of fascism and its varieties that in the name of the collectivity you force people to break their elementary rights. And technically, theoretically, that shouldn't be possible. Well, it's a shame that we have seen that it has been possible in the last year It's happening. It's happening in 2022 big time already in many countries. 
Therefore, we as yogis, we say like this, we are sitting here in Kopangan, meditating for our nirvana, and we hope to save our souls, and meanwhile the people with syringes, they are hunting us through the bushes, trying to put some serum in our asses, or in our shoulders, or wherever they put that, want to put that serum. And therefore, as I witnessed in the New Year meditation, the situation is not good. Because whoever, either it's pure paranoia and stupidity, or there is conspiracy to it, which is not unseen. There have been conspiracies in many countries in the history of this world, like fascist conspiracies, using fear as leverage. In the name of fear, you can do anything. The Jews are destroying our society because they have too much money and too much business and we should put them into concentration camps. The HIV people should have their dick cut off so that they cannot infect anybody with their miserable disease. Um, the homosexuals are the filth of the society and they should be flushed down the toilet. Uh, and now, of course, if you are having COVID or risk of COVID, and especially if you refuse to take the magic vaccines, then you are a bad citizen, a bad person, shouldn't be allowed in restaurants, should be allowed in shopping malls, shouldn't be allowed in certain jobs across the society, and other formidable things like that, which again, it's the very definition of fascism, is textbook fascism, and although the Americans have an Antifa and all sorts of organizations which are rabidly against fascism, they can't see this one or they refuse to see this one, although it's textbook. So we have got into a place where humanity has got either so stupid or either so blind that it is being pushed into fascism and more than 51% of the citizens of the planet, both in this country and in every country in this world, they go for it. They say, yes, it's justified. Yes, it's tough, but what to do? It has to be done. Which is, as far as my sense of freedom goes, as a yogi, it's complete nonsense. Yeah, then I prefer to go in the Himalayas and live into a cave up in the Himalayas without meeting with people, you know, rather than live in such an imbecilic world in which such primitive arguments can be used for making people dance a jig all day long. And thus, uh, for us as a yogis, the last year and the coming year, it seems to be very good spiritually. On one hand, it determines us to be more lonely, to practice aloneness, and to be more detached from the world and the Fata Morgana of the world, because now the Fata Morgana, the mirage, looks really ugly. Now the Fata Morgana shows its hideous face, and like a great metaphysical author in Italy, Julius Evola, he wrote a book almost a century ago, which was called Revolt Against the Modern World. 
basically he said, we spiritual people, that was 80 years ago, we are revolted against the modern, like the modern world is revolting. You have to throw up when you look at what people are doing out of their lives and out of today, 80 years later or whatever, this has become much worse. They didn't have the dream of such things 70 or 80 years ago. It's true, there were world wars and other things which were revolting and ugly. No, today it goes in another way. Under the impression of uh, peace and democracy and all sorts of other slogans, actually we are witnessing a revolting world. I don't think that all of you will share the same opinion with me. That's why if you don't share it, please don't come to me in Kopangan. Don't, don't come to Agama. I happen to be that kind of freak who considers that the modern world is revolting in multiple ways. And I want to live my life in another way. I don't want to fall in those patterns because I consider many of those social, political, economical, financial, medical, sexual, and other patterns, I consider them revolting. I consider them the epitome of what I don't want in my life. Therefore, I am gathering around me kindred souls, people who happen to think like I do, people who partly or totally share my values. And we are a bunch of weirdos doing our yogas and hoping for the salvation of our souls, hoping for freedom and immortality, hoping for nirvana, ready to share the methodology, the rich, superb methodology of yoga, and at the same time knowing that we have entered into a very obscure part of history. Really, the last two years, they are like the beginning. There has been a SARS alert some 10 years ago, 11 years ago, in 2011. I was in Thailand, the school was still in Thailand, and they made a sort of a general rehearsal. There was some story with the bird flu or something, and again, airplanes cut off, cancelled, flights, quarantine, you know. And I was thinking, when will somebody vote that the governments shouldn't have the right to do this to their citizens? Like, when this will be over, will there be any politician who will say, man, it was a shameful shit that you did in 2011. Please, let the parliaments of the world vote that the governments do not simply have the right to do that. Take that right away from them because they misused it already in 2011. No. Nobody even squeaked about it. No. And then in 2020 or 19 or whenever it started, it just became 10 times worse. Like that one was the general rehearsal and this one was like the real deal is happening. So, we cannot be happy about this. And there is also the reason of the fact that in the moment when you medically tamper with the physical bodies of other people, 
in that moment you can sneak very big disorder. There is a famous experiment, if I remember correctly, illustrated in a documentary called Forks Over Knives or something like this. There is one of the food documentaries. There are about three, four documentaries made 20 years ago about the eating good food and all that. And one of them shows a very clear experiment which was done in America where some communities which are in, in New York and places where some communities, parents who are more conscious, they chose special diets for their children in school. And there were schools in which 100% of the violence in the school, and there was plenty, plus absenteeism, like shirking classes, and other and other things, they stopped in three months. What was the secret? They gave no more sugar or any derivative of sugar to the children for three months. The families were told not to give them sugar or chocolate or whatever at home, and the school didn't give them in the school lunch anything based on sugar, nothing with sugar of any kind. And the madness stopped in three months, which demonstrated very clearly that people's behavior depends, like these people did not change a hundred things in the diet. They changed two, three small things out of which the most important was the sugar. And the kids became balanced and harmonious. So even if you give sugar to a whole country, you make them go crazy. But if you give them DNA, RNA or something, what do you make them? We don't know. We can speculate. It's conspiracy theory if you say something about this. But in the moment when you tamper with people's DNA, in the moment when you tamper with chemicals in people's bodies, you've got a method which goes much deeper. No? And therefore, no? it's like, what, what do we do as yogis if in 10 years, let's say this was not a conspiracy, it was just a big confusion, some people will say, sorry, we overreacted, or not, and it will go away, and in five years from now, we'll just remember about it as something which ended in 2022. Now, what will happen if I get students in yoga 10 years from now, and their soul is totally fucked up, from some medication which they took in 2021 or 2022. And then they come to me and they say, we want to follow the path of Patanjali or the path of Goraksha. And I'm looking at them and I'm saying, oh my God, you know, it's like, how do I deal with this? No? It's exactly like Osho Rajneesh 20 years ago, when more than 20 years ago, when these things were not at all as bitter as they are today, but he was already getting tons of students who were on Prozac and Xanax or whatever they were taking in those days, you know, he wrote, he made a booklet based on one of his conferences, which was called From Medication to Meditation. You know, people want to do meditation and fly to Alpha Centauri. And meanwhile, everybody is on Prozac and their brain is fucked up completely, you know. 
and you want to become like Patanjali or like Milarepa? Are you kidding me? No, then we as yoga teachers, we cannot even, we don't have time to deal with people's evolution. We have to fix the chemical damage. We have to spend the first five years of yoga practice to just fix what was damaged in the last 20 years of diet and medication. That's why I mentioned this subject of what has happened in the last two years because there is an acute feeling that there is an attack against the human being. Either this attack is consciously done by some human beings or unconsciously done. No, there have been many, many unconscious things. Try to think about how much shitty meditation was given to generation after generation of people when they thought that you can heal diseases by letting blood or when they thought that if you take talidomid or sulfamid, you will heal diseases, and then they got generations of mutilated children and all the rest which came from that. So, um, it's not, uh, I'm not telling something exceptional that sometimes there exist serious medical errors. I think the panic in the last two years has made a lot of space for serious medical errors, And unfortunately, I think this will handicap many people in their peace of mind, in their harmony, in their balance, in their attempt to just live a quiet, harmonious life. I'm not talking about the people who want to climb the mountain of enlightenment and who want to become like Buddha. That's even more, that's even more difficult. For that, you have to be really in excellent shape to be able to do your spiritual effort. No, because there are so many obstacles, so many weaknesses that we encounter. But when the human being is also depleted in the ways in which I have described, then it becomes almost an impossibility. So, what can I tell you when I look at the new year? No, I'm not trying to make predictions because I'm not trying to organize now a course on clairvoyance and other things. We do teach methods about clairvoyance and other things and the people who are very diligent, they will obtain certain breakthroughs in their third eye and they will manage to see some things more directly and more clearly. But I'm speaking common sense I'm first of all trying to use the common sense, the regular intuition. What have we learned from history and what do we see that is happening further on? And um, I hope that all these frustrations in the modern history, they will make many people look in the mirror and ask themselves, what the heck am I doing on the face of this earth? How do I spend my life? What will I do with the next 10 years of my life? What kind of perspectives I have? It's not valid for everybody. You know that there are people who became super rich in these last two years precisely because they speculated the medical industry, the needs, and a lot of other phenomena which came collaterally with this. So I'm not saying that everybody will be dissatisfied. 
but 90% of the population will be dissatisfied and will be looking in the mirror and will saying, what are we doing? If the next year is like the previous two years, then it sucks, you know, then, then I better go to Japan in a Zen monastery and look at a white wall and try to find the infinite by looking blankly at a wall. No, better I go to Agama and start having tantric sex and at least I get a lot of serotonin and dopamine and endorphins in my bloodstream from subliming multiple orgasms or something. You know, like, but at least let me do something different with my life. So, I think, from a spiritual standpoint, it's okay. I am worried a little bit, but that's not mine to be worried, that even many disciples from yoga are pressed into submission, into acquiescence, they are pressed into obedience, and we have students who, under the pressure of one or another factor, they vaccine themselves, they took wild medication, they played all sorts of games. And again, I don't want to start any conspiracy theory. In 10 years we'll know if they were right or if I was speaking any truth in this. No, I just, the test of time is the best. Now, when you look at the French Revolution or when you look at the fascism of Mussolini, or you know what happened and what was the consequences and which, what, which parts were good and which parts were bad. You know, at least 90% you know the truth is crystal clear. And that's why the truth will be crystal clear about these years which we live in a hundred years from now. But as I said, that can vary even in ten years from now. But as I said, that may be very well too late for some people. And what I was worried, what I said, is that some yogis, some spiritual practitioners, are tested. Their resolve is tested. They know that they want to use natural methods of healing. They, want, they know that they want to trust in their body and in their connection with Mother Nature. They know a lot of good things. And sometimes under the pressure... They do some compromises, they do some... And those compromises, they will be either physically with consequences or they can be mentally, emotionally or even spiritually with consequences. And uh, that is something to be seen. Again, I have never wanted to be a doomsday prophet. I have never wanted to be a conspiracy person, although there exist multiple types of conspiracy, many of them acknowledged widely by media, by like, you know, it's, it's ridiculous to say that there is no conspiracy. There are multiple types of conspiracy. Some of them are accepted and more open. Some of them are considered unrealistic and paranoid. And that's why um, time will tell I, for one, recommend to my yoga students to not risk. Do not risk your DNA. Do not risk the quality of your blood, which goes to your brain, among others, and therefore determines the purity of your thinking. Do not risk your body, because your body is the temple of God. 
and if you defile it, you might lose the chance of having God present in this body, in this lifetime. And I advise people to resist, to set their jaw, to clench their teeth. It looks like the society is going on a wild path. Do not allow yourselves influenced by the world madness. Create your own island, create your own oasis of peace, of balance, of health, of harmony. Follow the ideals of yoga. It's a good time to have meditation, introspection, morality, ethics in a world which is more and more disturbed. And um, again and again I say, I think it's a challenge which makes things more black and more white. Like it separates things. It's for many people, it means making a choice. I want to choose a spiritual lifestyle for myself or I want to not care about anything. I'll just go there, take three vaccines, 35 vaccines, see if I care and so on. You know, like there are people who will make various choices and of course we will see the outcome of this in time with time. So I would like to rather advise you all to focus on your spiritual practice, focus on your healing practice. If possible, avoid taking too much risks with your body. I am worried because humanity has had a masochistic way of making bitter predictions for the end of times. And if this time in which we live now is in any way related to some pressure, to some dark time, maybe the big one, maybe just a little one. I myself, in my youth, I lived in totalitarian communism and I know how bad things can get. What's happening right now in Europe and... It's a joke compared with how bad it can get. My parents and I, during my childhood and youth, I have lived lived in conditions which were much, much worse than what's happening now. So we are not at the bottom of the sack. Things can get way more bitter than they are now. And that's why uh, my only worry is this, to keep people's spiritual faith alive, to make people see that there is a light in the end of the tunnel, that there is a hope, that spirituality has always fought for a luminous ideal which transcends all these social squabbles, to see that unfortunately many clairvoyants and seers They have announced that much more bitter times may come. Remember in the book of the Revelation where it says that if you don't have a certain barcode or symbol on your hand or on your forehead, which can very well be a vaccine tattoo, you cannot buy, you cannot sell, you cannot go out of your house, you cannot do any social activity. So things 
maybe we are just watching the beginning of something and we'll really have to move in our bungalows or caves or whatever and just wait for the world to wake up from this nightmare if it doesn't last for too long time. And um, the year of the tiger which starts, generally the years of the tiger, they happen to be violent years, challenging years. The tiger is a bloody, restless animal. And uh, we might see a lot of social uprisings, a lot of violence, even war. And um, therefore my worry is only, first of all, to my community, to the people who study yoga with me, with Agama, with this style, to give them the moral support so that they can go through this. And um, I hope you will make the correct choices, and I hope that you will focus on your personal development, spiritual development, spiritual evolution. This is what uh, I see. I see that the year 2021 was an inexplicable year where all the people of the West who made themselves like we are pro-democracy, we are free, we are me, we are this, we are that, they actually completely agreed, or almost completely agreed, to loss of freedom, a lot of restrictions based on something which is very dubious. The numbers are not lying. In 2020, it is supposed that there was a worldwide epidemic, which widely started in February, March. So almost the whole of that year was the first wave and the second wave of this famous, notorious virus. And then, I don't know the explanation why, when you look at the statistics of the National Institutes of Statistics, you don't find that the number of dead people in those countries, they did not increase even with 5%. Verify me, because these are mathematical numbers. You know, each country... You know, you cannot say that Germany or Switzerland or Austria or France or they don't have clear statistics about their number of deaths. Not death from COVID, not death from cancer, total death. I know that in the country where I was born, every year there died 250,000 people. Every year for the last 20 years, 250,000 people kick the bucket. That's the natural rate of mortality. Guess what? In 2020, 250,000 still died. Not more. Not 275. Like 10% more. And then you say, this is because of the epidemic. None. Not one more. Of course, statistics are wobbly. There's not exact numbers, but still, they tell us something. That's why I say, in the name of some boogeyman, which did not kill even 5% more in any country, people with a big mouth, all the big social activists, pro-democracy and anti-fascism, 
they put their head down and they said, eh, what to do? We have a virus, we have to bend over and take it up our asses. No? Where is the famous independence, freedom? Because in the last two years, suddenly everybody hypnotized by the alleged threat of a virus, they just accepted things which they would never thought. And, and more is coming. More is coming. More is coming. So, because of that, I want to again and again advise people, don't put your hopes in the society too much. Because the society, the world, is promising a lot and giving nothing or very little and at a very high cost. As my first spiritual teacher said, he wrote a sort of a testament before his death. He simply said, I prefer to put my faith in God, in the providence of God, to surrender completely rather than to live in this miserable illusion where a lot is being promised. He was consistent with the Vedantic theories where they see the whole world as a Maya, which is hypnotizing people, promising them happiness and a lot of gifts. And in the end, all you got is that 80 years have been wasted. You are on the deathbed. You can't do anything because it's too late to start training when you are dying. You don't have the energy and the skill and the concentration and the resources. And then you can only shrug your shoulders and say, I hope in my next life I will realize earlier than on my deathbed that I have been cheated, that I have been hypnotized, that I have been misled. So that's what I am wishing to my students for 2022, to not be misled, to not be hypnotized, to not be misguided. Have a clear mind, use your intelligence, make your choices. I have made my choices many years ago, and every year I still have the freedom to make my choices for that year, because I'm a free human being as much as we can be free in this world. There are lots of freedoms which I don't have, but I don't have them because I live in this world together with the rest of the world. And um, I'm making my choices every year, and those are the choices which I make for myself, and so I'm wishing to you. I really hope we are going to have a good year from the standpoint of interiorization, meditation, rising the level of consciousness, subliming the energy, experiencing high levels of consciousness, and why not getting close to the Shiva consciousness, having the experiences of that. And... Um, I hope that yoga and tantra will continue to prove themselves the wonderful instruments which they have been for me all my life and which many of you have tasted the efficiency. I don't think I should say more right now in the beginning of the year. We, of course, are planning a lot of beautiful things. We, in the world of yoga, we seem to not 
take into account the fact that the world is into some spasms of its own. We plan to teach yoga. We have wonderful courses. We have wonderful workshops, retreats. And living in our own oasis of peace, again, we hope that people will benefit in a specific yogic way. Also, whenever the world wants us to give some teaching or to give some help, I, for one, I'm very open to try to help or to give instruction whenever it's possible, whenever it's realistic. And again, sometimes you can see it's uh, very, very difficult, almost impossible. I would say that uh, this was a sad start for 2022 with me preaching things like this, but it's more like a, a warning, like don't get discouraged if this year is continuing to exert melancholy, isolation and pressure upon you. There is a light in the end of the tunnel. All these tests are given by the universal consciousness so that people can wake up and people can separate, like Jesus said, that you separate the wheat from the other black thing which grows together with the wheat and which is a weed and which is spoiling the quality of the wheat. No, there has to be a separation. And thus, um, follow your star follow your heart, follow your intuition. I think from a spiritual standpoint, there are no bad news. There is no blockage, there is no limitation, there is no forbiddance, there is no angel which came and said, now people cannot do yoga anymore because there comes a time where people cannot meditate. Or, On the contrary, I think it will be wonderful for people who do spiritual practice but for people who expect too much from the society, you might be a bit disappointed this year. And especially if it becomes too violent or too restless and so on, then you have to find a way to isolate yourself temporarily from the madness. There were many people who were happy that they were with us in Kopangan. Because in Kopangan, exception made of the fact that some of the Thai families are very paranoid about their vaccination thing. For the rest, nobody seems to give a shit. And life is just going on as usual. And we are in a paradise place. If you want to go on a coconut beach and swim in a wonderful sea, you go and swim in a wonderful sea. If you want to stay in your bungalow and meditate, you stay in your bungalow and meditate. And thus, uh, such... Spots are perhaps wonderful for people to pass crises like those. Enough of this for tonight. May you have hopes in your lives. May you have hopes in your hearts. And I'm telling you, focus because there is always a compensation. When the world is becoming bitter, a lot of compensation is coming. I have started my yoga practice under the communist regime in Eastern Europe and in those years I got lots of benefits. I got lots of results in yoga. Amazing things happened to me where you would have never thought that in that country at that time 
somewhere underground, lost in the underground of the society, there were a number of people practicing high spiritual methodologies. And thus, it's the same. Now, it's the bitter mark of Kali Yuga that sometimes a lot of beautiful spirituality happens together with a lot of challenges and a lot of confusion. And uh, that's not our choice. We would like to have a wonderful world in which we can uh, celebrate spirituality wonderfully. Enough for tonight, enough for the first satsang. Good luck to all of you for 2022. If you have any themes for satsangs that you want approached, send to the teaching department, send to the registration people, so they will filter those things to me, and I will continue addressing the different themes which have been asked to me, and probably at some point start with a bigger study in uh, our, like perhaps analyzing another yoga text, like Shida Shiva Samhita, or some of those things. Enough. Thank you all. God bless you, and uh, may spiritual evolution continue wonderfully this year.